0: If you plan on being an entrepreneur for the long haul, you're going to have to pivot at some point and in some way, maybe have multiple pivots in your career. I know I have over the last decade and a half. And pivoting doesn't have to be something to be feared. A lot of times there's like an identity crisis in, I was known for this one thing, or I had success in this one thing. How could I completely pivot or even evolve slightly into this Other things, So many fears related to it. And to talk about those fears, I've brought on my friend and former coach, Cliff Ravenscraft. That's right. I've worked with him to help me with my mindset stuff, and we've become good friends. And he's an expert on this. Cliff is a master business coach, mentor, and speaker. And his focus is to help you break free from any beliefs and or behaviors that are holding you back from living the life of your dreams and doing the work you feel most called to do in this world. So, my friend Cliff, as you're going to hear, he went from being known as a podcasting coach and podcasting expert to becoming a mindset expert and replaced his income in just 90 days. And successfully pivoting is just one of the things you're going to learn about in this episode. We really dove into a lot of the mental scripts, thought patterns, behaviors, and mindsets and beliefs that entrepreneurs get stuck around to help you break free so that not only are you enjoying your work, but you are actually thriving in and having more success in your work. I tried to take the conversation so it became like a mini coaching session for you. So pay attention. There's so many nuggets in this episode that I think will break through for you in an area that you've been stuck in, maybe an area you haven't even known about. So sit back and relax and enjoy my conversation with Cliff Ravenscraft. Welcome back to the Graham Cochran show where each week I'm helping you unpack and break down the mindset strategies and habits to create a highly profitable and life-giving business. I'm your host, Graham Cochran, excited for this episode, excited for Cliff to come on here in just a second. Before we dive in though, I wanna give a resource to you to help you kickstart your business. If you have the mindset of, I don't think I can get this started, or you've been kicking this idea down the road forever, and you're like, this will be the year I start my business, but you haven't, or this is the year that I launched this coaching program, but I haven't, I wanna give you that kick in the pants that you need. And sometimes we all just need a little bit of guidance, and a little bit of structure. It's my third. 30-day online income jumpstart. What this is gonna help you do is go from either zero idea or the idea you already have that you haven't acted on to launching and putting money in your pocket in just 30 days. And guess what? It's not a book. It's a bunch of bullet points. It's a checklist. It's as simple as it goes. It's as necessary as it needs to be. It's not going to take a lot of time for you to digest, but it's really actionable. So if you need that guidance, you need Graham holding your hand for the next four weeks, telling you to do this in week one, do this in week two, do this in week three, do this in week four, and then you've launched and you've made money, then download my 30 day online income jumpstart guide. It's free. Just go to grahamcochran.com slash jumpstart. Or if you're watching here on YouTube, click the link below in the description and you can grab a hold of your copy right there for free grahamcochran.com slash jumpstart. All right, let's dive into the episode. Well, Cliff it is awesome have you on the show i i'm pumped to be able to just have an excuse to hang out and talk because it's been a while um as i said in the, in the intro uh we've been friends because you were a coach of mine and i was a client of yours and we had an incredible six months where we worked together and you were helping me through a major transition in my career in my business and so it's fun to start from client relationship to friends uh then to now being able to just chat and have you on as a guest so it's just a fun privilege of me to have you of mine to have you on the show so thanks for taking time
1: out of your day and dropping wisdom bombs with my audience graham well thank you it's an honor to be here on your show and it's an honor to have the relationship with you that i do um i was Prior to working with you, I've had the privilege of working some, with some pretty significant people in the past. I think you and I both know some of the names that I've been connected with, and and it just blows my mind today to know that I continue to have the opportunity to work with people who inspire me so much that at times when I first hear that they're going to take me on as a coach, I'm like, I'm a little intimidated by this, and that's always a good thing. I li- I like people who inspire me, so it's been a pleasure to work with you and then watch all the things that you've been doing since that transitional season of life
0: well yeah you've been instrumental in my life in a lot of ways even after uh, the coaching relationship you really helped connect me to some of the guys that were heroes of mine that ended up endorsing my book and able to get on people's podcasts and so man, just to talk about the i I just want to talk about for a second the power of connecting with people building friendships and relationships where if the feeling is really a mutual friendship because that just opens doors to like making a simple ask, like, Hey, what do you think? Do you think you'd be willing to connect me with a Michael Hyatt, you know, or a John Lee Dumas or a Pat Flynn? And, and those guys didn't know me personally, maybe saw a piece of content, but because you're good friends with them and you make a a connection say, Hey, you should connect with Graham. Like absolutely happy to connect with Graham. And there's nothing like that because there's no reason why they would connect with me in, in their busy lives other than, you personally vouching for me. So uh, I don't know, you, this is not part of my notes, but talk about maybe just the power of connection and how you've seen that work in your, in your own business.
1: Well, I, I love this topic and I love that we've already gone down a side tangent, which is awesome. So connections are huge. And by the way, you mentioned a simple ask. I, if there's anything that comes to my mind when I think about vouching for someone, that is no simple ask. Uh, it's it's, a simple, it's simple to ask, but when it's on my end of going and bypassing the gatekeepers that those in my network have put into place for very intentional reasons and being full aware of what their, what their gatekeeping processes are and to say, hey, I know, you, I know I have access to text you here. I'd like to jump on a call and tell you why you should let this person through the gate. Uh so that no simple ask. Now, what I think would be a valuable conversation to hear is how does one make these connections? Because I this is a question I've been asked a great deal. And it's one, quite frankly, I had to ask myself. How did I, how did how did this happen to me? How is it that I was reading a book by Dan Miller, author of the day, 48 Days to Your The Work You Love, who I heard about from Dave Ramsey. How do I go from hearing about this book, reading this book, have my life absolutely transformed by it, and then set a goal that one day I want to meet this guy and have a conversation with him and not a conversation where I meet him at a conference, I stand in line with 20 other people, he talks to me for five minutes, and then at lunch he forgot, forgets that he had a conversation with me specifically. I specifically want to talk to him about the fact that Not only have I read his book and it's transformed my life, I want to talk about how, because I think it would be valuably inspirational and motivational for him to hear the encouraging transformation in my life, but if that might be enough, but even the fact that I've helped sell thousands of copies of his book and the lives and the stories that I could tell of those people. And if there's anything that I came to the conclusion, how is it that within one week of publicly announcing that it's my dream, my goal to meet Dan Miller, he is a guest on my podcast, and then afterwards invites me, and he actually says, Cliff, can I be a client? Can I get a consulting with you for my podcast? And then one week later, I'm doing a consult for his podcast. I share with him authentically and transparently about how it was, which he was about a three out of 10 on audio quality, and he's off the charts in uh, content quality. And he says, Cliff, I've never thought anybody would be so honest with me as as you have been. He goes, what would you do? I said, well, I'm, it's what you can do and stuff. He goes, what do you have in your studio? And I told him, he goes, can you buy all that stuff, have it shipped to your house and drive down here to Nashville and spend the weekend with me? I'll take you out to dinner. I'll take you to a show in Nashville and you can build a studio here in my office. I'm like, what? <laughs> How does that happen? That's awesome. And there's already a couple of things. There's a secret to it. There's already a few secrets that I can tell you that are included in that story alone. Number one, I have great respect and respect and admiration. I was a member of Dan's community before I thought, hey, how can I get connected with Dan so that it can benefit me and gain me more exposure? Motivation goes, it goes a lot into this. The other one is that I, I desperately felt that his life or his message had transformed me. And there's a real deep connection, a resonance with who he is and who I am. And and we really connect and resonate on on a same level. And then the other thing is, is I was already well before I set it as a goal and well before I interviewed him and had all these experiences. For many months, I had been talking about my thoughts and my my cha- the changes that are happening inside of me as a result of reading his book. I did a eight, I think six or eight part podcast series of episodes on Cliff's Notes on 48 Days to the Work You Love. And as a result of that, I'm responsible for more than a thousand, maybe several thousand sales of his book. And by the time I said to my community, hey guys, I found this four step formula for how to achieve any goal, It says that all I have to do is believe it's possible, number two, write it down, tell other people about it, and then work the plan as it becomes available. I'm gonna test this. My goal is to meet Dan Miller. I mean it, I think it's impossible. I'm sorry, I think it's possible. Number two, I've read it, written it down. I will meet Dan Miller and it will look like this. And number three, I'm now telling you, I have no idea what the plan is, but as soon as the next step, logical step appears to me, I will follow it. So I'm gonna let you know if this four-step formula for how to achieve any goal works. And within 45 minutes, Graham, of posting that, Andy Traub says, I just listened to your episode. By the way, I work with Dan on a bunch of projects He's a huge fan of her yours. He already knows all about you. People are telling him all the time that they hear about him because of his book, because you recommended it. He would love to connect with you. So Graham, I, that, I, I share all of that to say this, and then I'll just share one other thing. So then all of a sudden, Michael Hyatt, uh, also New York Times bestselling author, is over at Dan's place and says to Dan, Dan, what's the number one thing that's moving the needle more than anything else in your business? A far and far, I mean, exponentially more. What's the number one thing? Dan said, oh, bar none, it's my podcast, my audio podcast. And he says, really? And he said, yeah. He goes, so you think I had, should have a podcast? And he goes, yeah. He goes, I'll, I'll do some research. He goes, don't do some research. Seriously, just go and hire this guy. His name is Cliff Ravenscraft. If you want, I'll introduce you via email right here, right now. Within one week, I'm sitting in Franklin, Tennessee, in the home, in the living room of Michael Hyatt, with a box of equipment, setting up a podcast studio. And then I'm invited to speak at every single one of his platform conferences. And then all of a sudden, uh, all of these people, hundreds and hundreds, and then thousands of people are hearing about me for the very first time through... Michael Hyatt. And that's where I'm meeting Amy Porterfield. That's where I'm meeting Pat Flynn. That's where I'm meeting all of these other people. And it's just, and I could just go on and on. So if there's any secret to it is number one, just be authentically who you are and recognize that if you're resonating with certain people, there's, if it's meant to be, it's going to happen. And number two, make sure that you go into this, not with what can I get out of this, but Man, I, I just really want to. I want to. I see that as I promote others, as the tide rises, all ships rise along. There's a lot more that could be said, but I don't think it's the main purpose of our conversation today. So I just wanted to share all of that.
0: Yeah, I, lo- I love that we started on a rabbit trail on before the first question, but it's that's a that's a, gr- a great one because it's a powerful story. Um, there's a lot of application there. What comes to mind is the the courage even to announce publicly, um, what your goal and intention was when you have a platform and my students all are building or already have significant platforms. And so I don't know, my brain is very much by default, or I have grown up to be up until now, right? Someone who would like to have the plan all dialed in. And I'm not going to say something publicly until I know it's going to happen because I don't want to fail publicly or be embarrassed. And so I've I've over the years learned how to do what you just described, which is um, kind of for accountability, say, hey, here's what I'm trying to do. Here's one of my goals and dreams. The accountability piece is powerful. But what you described was, wow, wow the power of your own audience as a networking tool you never know who's in your audience and and you never know who's listening and who they work for or connected to and if they're getting so much value out of your your content every single week the, the the easiest thing they could do would be to to give back is to, can I make a connection? Can I help you in some way? And they're happy to, I mean, these, these guys were like, I would love to connect you with Dan. And then that connection leads to another. So I, an interesting example for me recently, and I don't know exactly when this episode will air, but one of my goals for the last couple of years was to, to give a TEDx talk. And um, last year I was, I was doing an interview piece with CNBC And I mentioned, I started to mention as often as I could that I want to get into more public speaking. And, uh, and I told some people, I'd love to give a TEDx talk, but I did this piece with CNBC. uh, And I mentioned at the end, they asked like, Hey, what are, what, what's the future hold for, for your brand? What are you excited about? And I said, I really want to get on more stages and I want to do more public speaking. And that's something I'm really excited about. Uh, A guy, who works for a company called Thought Leader, which helps people land TEDx Talks, just sees the video on CNBC and he's and kind of like, oh, this is a cool story. And at the end, his ears perk up because he helps get people you know, onto stages with TEDx. He's like, hey, this guy wants to do public speaking. So he Instagram messages me, hey, this is random, not trying to sell you, but this is what I do. You mentioned this if you're interested. And I was like, Thought Leader, I'm on that email list. Like I've seen Taylor Conroy's ads. Like I'm literally on that email list and it's like piling up all the emails to come to your webinar to like, learn about your program. And I just haven't been doing it, but it was like the kick in the pants of like, all right, I'll take the call. He tells me about the program. I signed up, I've been working with this group uh, and I've been applying TEDx talks coming up with my idea. And just last week I got accepted to to give a TEDx talk, which will be happening this spring. So it was like, it's a great idea if it's in your head, but when you start to publicly put it out there in the world, there's people that are out there that can help you. I I couldn't do this on my own and needed some help, but they don't know you need help until you say, hey, this is a goal I have, and then you'd be surprised who shows up to
1: help you. Yeah, there's something powerful about telling others. In fact, interestingly enough, Michael Hyatt, which is a huge mentor and friend of mine, uh, teaches that you shouldn't tell people publicly about what your goals are. And he refers to, ironically, a TED talk by some guy named Derek Sivers or somebody like that who says that when you tell other people about your goal, you automatically get the rush of emotional excitement and completion by just telling people. And therefore, some of the emotional motivation is gone. And I, I I, can understand that intellectually, but experientially, I found the opposite to be true. I find that exactly what you were just saying, Graham, is that when I tell others about it, it's the other people oftentimes are the people who have the next piece to the puzzle or multiple different pieces of the puzzle. And those are things that I may not have come across on my own or at least not in the timely manner that I did. And so I find that I'm more than happy to fail publicly uh, and, and fall down on my face miserably at times if that means that each time I put out my goals publicly, I'm more likely to get more of what I want in life. And so I, I, I don't get everything I want in life, but, and I do fail in front of people. I've set many goals and I fail. And, and the thing is, is that failure at first was incredibly painful, but I got to tell you, I'm thrilled that I went through it because I've learned this thing called resiliency. And it's what helped me understand it. It's Like, wow, I put, I give too much of my own power that is my own to other people mm. when I farm out to others reasons for me to feel good about myself. Ooh. Yeah. Say that again. So my power is to feel good about myself without any reason whatsoever. I don't have to feel good about, I don't need a reason to feel good inside point blank. I'll just stop right there. I do not need any reason to feel good, to feel good, Peace, to feel love, to pe- feel joy. I don't need a certain dollar amount in my bank account. I don't need to be debt free. I don't need to be, I don't need any external circumstance. And certainly, I do not need people to be happy with me. I do not need people to live up to my expectations. I do not need people to fulfill their commitments that they've agreed to, you know, do whatever they said they were going to do. Uh, I don't need anybody to do anything. To, for, for, as a reason for me to feel good. And so, what I found was when I was afraid of failing in front of others, I was afraid that people might not hire me. Well, I don't need people to hire me for me to feel good in life uh, or for me to succeed. I, there are other ways for me to generate income. There's all sorts of other things I could do. Uh, yeah. So, that's what I really came down to. So, I'm thrilled that I overcame that fear of what people think about me, what people feel about me, because now I, I'm, I'm able to just go inside. And we've talked about that in the past in our coaching sessions, that, that, that peace, that love, that joy, it's available inside of us regardless of any external circumstance. And once I have that, then I'm free to go do whatever I want, not because I feel like I lack anything, but it's out of the abundance of of that peace and joy to know that really nothing's really going to harm me. I've come here, I'm going, I'm I'm going to live and one day I'm going to die and that's true for everyone and I'm sure that if I fail in front of people today it, it's not that big of a deal. It don't sweat the small stuff and it's all small stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love 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 that. So let's talk about that a little bit because you know you you touched on your story a little bit of how you you know and we don't have to get into all the details. I know people can go check it all out. You've been doing podcasting. You're like the godfather of podcasting and, and not just only doing it for fun, but uh, coaching some of the biggest names in the podcasting world into how to have a podcast, both from the technical side and content. And, and so that's kind of where you made, you made your name and you were literally the podcast answer man. So you have this, this brand that's very, like specifically to the podcasting world. You're the expert on podcasting. You have a huge client base and then a very high profile client base. Everyone's like, you've got Dan Miller telling Michael Hyatt, you should hire this guy Cliff for the podcasting thing. And then you pivoted to, to mindset coaching to, to, you know, you do one-on-one coaching like you did with me. You have your masterminds, you, you help People, entrepreneurs and, and high high performers break through limiting beliefs and, and change their mindsets to have more success and abundance and joy and peace and all these things, the reasons like why I hired you. That's a that's a very specific pivot. Can you talk us through why that pivot? What was it scary to make that pivot to to go from like I'm known as the podcast guy to I'm gonna do mindset coaching? And and what did that transition look like for you?
1: It was definitely scary when I first had the thought of it. Uh, The reason for it is I was getting quite frustrated with what I had been doing for the last 10 to 12 years. And and, uh, 12 years, first two years as a hobby, but then 10 years as a full-time self-employed business owner. What happened was people were coming to me for strategy. They're like, hey, I want to launch a podcast. I want to build this size of an audience. I want to generate this kind of money. I want to build a side income so I can leave my day job. I want to, all of this stuff. They they had the dreams of what they want to do. And what they needed in their mind was strategy. They need, I just need to know the step-by-step, Uh, technical aspects of exactly how to launch this podcast. I had that. I could give it to them in a heartbeat. And then there were, well, I need the strategies and the techniques for frequency of content, how to communicate, how to get rid of these certain things. So they want tools, techniques, strategies, formulas, frameworks, all of this under the umbrella of strategy. And what I found is most people came to me for strategy. And this was quite frankly, got me to the place where I was making about $500,000 a year, selling people the strategy that they were looking for. The problem that I had was that that's not really what I feel is the most valuable thing that I have to offer the world is not strategy. Strategy, you can find that in a Google search. I mean, most of the things people were paying me $2,000 for my four-week podcasting A to Z course, they could get free on YouTube. Now, don't get me wrong. There's something valuable in the way that I teach it above and beyond. The time that I've taken to, to learn things, I'd already put 10,000 plus hours into podcasting, which Malcolm Gladwell talks about that in his, I think it's called The Tipping Point or one of the other books. But anyway, I, so I understand the value of the strategy that I had, but, what I realized is how many people were failing to achieve what it is that they were setting out to do. Don't get me wrong they by the end of the course, they had a podcast, and their podcast quality audio quality wise bar none among the top, the best of the best. But what I recognize is how many people had invested significantly in my coaching in equipment, and then countless hours putting out content, but not once really ever making any forward momentum on the things that they said that podcast was gonna do for them. And what I discovered is that people don't, you don't start with strategy. I learned this from Tony Robbins. He says, state, story, and strategy. I'll give you a perfect example of this, Graham. A guy was on Clubhouse the other night and he says, Cliff, I've been listening to you. Hey, thanks for this Ask Me Anything session. I have a question for you. I had a podcast. I actually have a podcast. It's on hiatus right now. I did it for two years. I was doing four to five podcast interviews a week, every single week, and I did that for two years. Almost 200 episodes. And quite frankly, I burned myself out. I never made a single penny, which was my ultimate goal from the day one. I never made a single penny. And all I spent was countless hours Uh, scheduling interviews, doing the interview, editing the interview, editing into clips and putting out all these social media channels. Not once did I make a penny. So finally I burned myself out, but I'm thinking about getting back ready, going back to it. The the only thing is, is I know that, you know, this thing that I'm going to, if I don't have a niche, I'm not going to make any money. And so first of all, there's a story right there. Mm. I already know Mm -hmm. that if I do not choose a niche, I'm not going to make any money. Now, there is value in having a niche. Graham will tell you that. I'm sure he's told, if you've been following his content, you know the value of a niche. But it's not true that if you don't have a niche, you can't generate income. That's baloney. So one of the things, he, he says, Cliff, I wonder if you can give me any strategies, a list of strategies of how i can earn income and is it required that i find a niche i said well first and foremost i think it'd be powerful if you had a niche but you don't have to have one let me give you one strategy i'm not going to give you many i could give you 20 but i'll give you one and so i talked to him about affiliate income and i told him to go to cj.com i told him to go to shareasale.com Sign up for an account with both of those two services. You've got access to hundreds, if not thousands of companies you can represent. You can get approved right away and you can make your first $200 to $500 within the next 30 to 60 days easy with a broad audience. I did this back when I did entertainment-based po- podcasts around television shows. We did not have a niche. So he, he heard all of that and I gave him step-by-step instructions, the, like the whole thing. And this was what he said right afterwards. (sighs) Yeah, that sounds like a whole lot of work, things more. (laughs) That's just another thing I'm going to put on the list of things that I need to study and research. And so what I want you to hear is there's no way, I just gave him a guaranteed, Mm -hmm. there is no way. That you could not make $500 if you did all of the things that I just said. But the thing is, is he has no ability to do that because of the story he's telling himself. Yeah, That's just another thing I have to learn. There's too many things for me to learn. I'm overwhelmed by all that there is to learn. There's too many other things that are more important than spending time reading all the stuff that Cliff just told me about. And I already know my story is that if I don't have a niche, I'm not going to make any income. Mm. And all of that, his story is coming from his state. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I don't have what it takes. He's got a, he's he's a low level of consciousness. He sits down in a negative mindset. And so if you don't first start with your state, you have to get out of that negative mindset. You got to get out of that any you you've got to get into a mindset of anything's possible. I have the courage. I will take the time to learn. So, if you get into a positive state, then the story will be, wow, I don't have a niche, but I have a desire and a commitment to generate income, and I need at least one thing that I can study. Wow, Cliff, thank you for sharing me with this with me. This sounds like it's a lot to learn, but I'm committed to learning this. In fact, I'm going to spend at least 2 to 5 hours a week For the next four weeks, mastering the skill of affiliate income. Thank you. See, that's a different story. Mm -hmm. But you don't, the strategy is the same. But if you don't have the right story in your mind, the right narrative, the way that you're thinking about it, then you'll never do the strategy. And if you don't have, if you can't get to the right story or the right narrative without the right state of being, the right emotional state, the right level of consciousness. And so this is what I found with so many people who were hiring me. They're paying. I I came up with a building an online business workshop. People would travel to my home studio here and I would teach them how to do this. And I said, I've got an 11 step formula for how to build a successful, profitable online business. By the way, step number eight is create content. And what happened was the reason why I wanted to make the transition out of Podcast Answer Man to Mindset Answer Man is because people were hiring me because they want to create a new life, but they're starting with step eight. Yeah, And we got to go all the way back and find out who am I? Why am I here? What do I want? What do I believe? What are my values? What is my mission? What is my purpose? What is possible? Let's start here and build from that foundation. So yes, it was scary Mm. to start at first. And the answer, one other question you asked, what was that transition like? It was about, well, I started the dream of leaving Podcast Answer Man behind completely as a brand in January, 2015. I did not actually do my final session. I wrapped up my final session of Podcasting A to Z in November, 2017. So about two years and 11, almost three years is the transition period.
0: Well, this is kind of meta because I, you know, you were talking about making a transition for yourself, but so much of it is really the beliefs and the mindset that you needed to have to even make that transition possible for yourself. Um, I love the example you gave about the the gentleman with the affiliate income. talk about, I mean, so th- this is what's interesting, right? You've got some people are going to already be hanging on every word. They're like, yes, this is exactly what I need. Cliff. Like, I, I believe you. It starts with my mindset, my, my beliefs, the story I tell myself. And so they're already like, this is powerful. Then there's others that are like, I'm sure there's something there, but I just need the right str- right strategy. Um, so, maybe in a sort of meta way, you don't have to necessarily teach it, but like maybe in sharing how you practically went from podcast answer man to mindset answer man, what, what mindset did you have to have to make that shift? And then what practically, what were the strategies that worked for you? Because I know you were able to replace your, your income pretty quickly with like maybe 90 days or so. Like you were able, once you, once you made that shift, like, Cause income replacement, I think for anyone who's pivoting from one brand to another is the biggest fear. Like they might have the desire, like I'm burned out, like I was teaching, recording music. I can't, I've been doing this for a decade. I don't want to do this forever. But the fear is how long, how long will it take me? And is it even possible to replace that income so I can talk about the things I want to talk about? So what did that transition look like during those couple of years when you made the shift and, and talk about mindset, talk about strategy?
1: Well, there are a couple of things about portions of the story that I feel are disconnected from the outside, but very connected on internally for me. So one of the conversations I was having with my friend Ray Edwards was I was telling him privately about something I had not talked about publicly at the time. I've talked about it publicly since, but I had this dream of building a a conference called free the dream. And my dream was that one day this would be a stadium stadium conference that I would do the same style of events that Tony Robbins does with Date with Destiny, Unleash the Power Within and those kind of events with tens of thousands of people in the audience. And so I told, I kept telling Ray, I I said, yeah, and and I could see this totally happening within the next, you know, five to 10 years, or I might've been 10 to 20 years. I, I think it was five to 10 years. And then we were talking in 2016, Cliff, I, I, he says, what's going on? What's it? Oh yeah. I'm still have this dream, this vision of this. And I said, I could totally see this happen within the next five to 10 years. And he says, wait a second. Don't you mean the next four to nine years? (laughs) And I'm like, and he's, and then he asked this question, why not next year? Mm. And I'm like, whoa, that was a powerful question. Mm. Why not next year? And that got me to doing some real big, uh, soul searching about my feelings of unworthiness that, you know, who am I to do this and all this other stuff. He says, Cliff, if you, if you're committed to doing this, why don't you just start, start where, like, imagine yourself. And he rates told about this and ever other mentors that I study talk about this. Start with the end in mind, put yourself on stage, however far in the future you feel like you need to be, put yourself on a stage imagine yourself there, 50,000 people in attendance, all right? Now, imagine the conference is over, somebody's interviewing you for their podcast in the dressing room and say, hey, how did this all get started? Well, it all started when I had this dream and my friend Ray Edwards said, why not next year? And so what I decided is like, okay, I probably shouldn't go straight into hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt to put on a stadium event when I don't know how to market, but why don't I start... With an in-person event, hosting it in my studio, which is in my home that I built with a 1,200 square foot office and workshop space for the purpose of doing live events, why don't I, why don't I invite people into that and see if people will travel to my hometown in northern Kentucky, just outside of Cincinnati? And so that's what I did. I, I and I was freaked out. I was freaked out. Will people pay me $1,000 for one day to come to my studio for a workshop? And I had all sorts of stories in my mind that, okay, we live in the Cincinnati airport. It's one of the most expensive airports to fly into. This isn't a destination. It's not like you're going to go to Disney World or Disneyland while you're here with the family. Uh, And I saw It's like, ah. I don't know if I could do this. I created the sales page. And then I sat in par- paralyzed by my fear of unworthiness. Mm. And then I texted my friend Ray Edwards. I said, hey, do you have time for a pep talk? He says, sure. And he's like, Cliff, people pay you $5,000. Just send the email. So I sent the email. I had eight people pay $1,000 for my first workshop. They came and about three weeks after they left, I then sent them the the survey. I said, listen, I wanted to wait until everything wore off, all the warm and fuzzies. I want to know your real results. What have you done since you have left? What have you experienced? And will you rate each of my sessions? And by the way, you paid $1,000. Knowing what you know about this, would, how much would you have paid if I charged $1,000, $1,499, or $2,000? Seven of them said I would have paid $2,000. One of them said $1,499. Wow. So then I did my next workshop for $2,000 for everyone. And I sold it out at 12. And then I sold out another one at 12. And then I had to get four, another table so I could fit 14 people because two more people wanted to budge their way into the workshop. And then I offered a $7,500 option for anybody who wanted to pay, come to the workshop for a day and a half and spend a whole extra eight, hour days of eight hours of mentoring the next day. And that sold out every time. So now I'm making twenty four dollars to $35,000 each weekend that I'm hosting one of these workshops. That started to tell me, okay, people will hire me for something beyond podcasting, which by the way, on the sales page, it's like, listen, if you, ha- if you don't have a podcast, that's even better. And by the way, if you do have a podcast, we will not be discussing podcasts. That term will not come up. We will use the word content creation. Uh, do not ask me, if you if you wanna come here to t- pick my brain about podcasting, save it. Just stay home, uh, because I don't wanna talk about that. We're talking about mindset, and we're talking about business. I, I love that story. First of all, everyone should go check out Ray's stuff too. He's a brilliant guy, copywriter,
0: and um, yeah, How to Write Copy That Sells is a fantastic book, and he's just a great human being. Um, I love Ray's challenge to you though. Why not next year? And I, there's a variation of that. And I know uh, Rich Litvin, who you turned me on to a couple of years ago, I've, I've always heard him say like, well, why not now? You know, when someone's talking about their dream, well, why not now? And it's, it's a great ex- mental exercise of, it forces you to come up with an answer. Well, why, why not now? And there might not really actually be an answer or there might be an answer, but it at least gets you to think. So I love that challenge he gave you. Um, it, it speaks to having someone in your world that can ask you challenging questions, whether it's a coach or, or a peer who's along the journey with you. I love that. Um, and then I love how you, you have this big, big dream, um, of the free, the dream conference, which you ended up doing the conference, but like, even like the, the ultimate version of it, you had that, but you still took action on a version of it that you could, you could go now with, you know, how, what's the fastest way I could do a version of this. And I know some people get stuck with that sort of, um, I guess they call it the extreme reach barrier where it's like, well, I can't, you know, have a 50,000 person event. So I guess I won't do it. And then they don't do anything, but you, you were like, well, I could get a few people over and then you, you tested everything. Could, could I charge more? Could I offer multiple versions and tiers? It's all that sort of price elasticity. It's just all an experiment. And you had the, 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 the creativity to see it as that, like you're just, you're building something and trying something out And, and the the tangible benefits were more income you know, you're proving concept that you can do this business. And then I'm sure then the confidence and the, the, like the, I believe I can do this factor has only raised even higher now. And which allows you to snowball this thing into actually doing a live event, which you did, and then completely building this whole other brand, which you, you have. Um, so I just, I love that story. Um, can can you just maybe speak to Someone's thinking, oh, that's great. I I need to do something like that. But what is a common like mindset where people get stuck without taking that first step of at least an iterative version of what they want to do? Like where do you see in your clientele that people get stuck that they wouldn't do what you just did?
1: I I will tell you it seems like I would say 70, 65 to 70% of all of my clients want to be a coach, a speaker. Uh, a, a thought leader, a, an educator of some sort. Okay. And I specifically love making sure that all of those individuals, how do you feel about one-on-one coaching? And it's, it, and it's always interesting. It's like, well, listen, I really don't want to do if in anything if I can't scale my time. And I'm like, well, let me ask you this, this, okay. So you want to lead large groups of teaching this how much experience do you have teaching anyone this? Well, I don't have any experience teaching anyone. I just, this has been my experience. I I have a lot of skill and I've read a lot of things and stuff like that. And I'm like, hmm. I said, I'm not saying you can't do it. You're going to want to find a role model who has been able to do what it is that you want to do without doing one-on-one. I personally don't have that experience, so I can't give you that part of the strategy, but I can help you with all of the mindset hurdles that will come up along the way. Uh, I'm sure there's somebody out there who's just gone straight to large events and and just did it. It would appear, by the way, it would appear that Tony Robbins just started out with stadium events, except for the fact I I study enough Tony Robbins materials that I know that he started out uh, going to Jim Rohn uh, seminars. Yeah. And he started out with renting his own holiday in rooms with sometimes 10 or 12 people in them. So it's like, you know, if, if I, I'm, why would I think I'm going to start any bigger than Tony Robbins? So, what I recognized is this there's a number of people who want to be known as a powerful thought leader, coach, teacher, trainer, educator, whatever you want to call this. And yet they're unwilling to invest time initially in one on one. And getting to know all of these people, in fact, what they're doing is like, I just need to build out my website. I need a podcast, I need all of this other stuff. And it's kind of like somebody who has, you know, my mom is a is the greatest baker. She bakes the best cakes. And that's, you know what? And she's helped she's invited me to help her over time and all of these things. And so I, I know what I want to do with my life. I want to open my own local bakery. And I want everybody in the whole community to come buy my baked goods, all right? So here's what I know. I know that I need to spend the next two years coming up with capital. I need to get people to invest in this. I need to get uh, signs. I need to get a logo. I need to get a website. I need to start doing social media. I need all of this stuff. Meanwhile, this same person does no baking whatsoever for that year. Yeah. Doesn't bake a single, it doesn't it's make sense. ridiculous, yeah. It's like I want to be a baker. Well, bake, start baking cakes in your home and giving them away to people in your neighborhood. And start a birthday list and start bringing birthday cakes to people at work. I mean, just just bake if you want to be a baker. Bake if you want to be a coach. Coach if you want to whatever. It is, if you want to be a speaker, go speak. Speak to an audience. I mean, you could, you could speak anywhere. Uh, a lot of people say, "Cliff, I, I, you know, I want to start my speaking career." Well, then start hosting an event. You don't have to wait for somebody to invite you; invite yourself. I remember having that conversation with somebody once. I love that line: "Invite yourself." That's a powerful line, right there. We, you could unpack that. There, there's
0: a lot there. Hey, I mean, that's that's a, a, a great. It sounds ridiculous. I love the baking example, but it's a really good insight. Insight because that's how I found myself pivoting from the recording revolution stuff, which I ended up you know, running that simultaneously with, with my personal brand for a few years. And now I have some other people running it, but I was like, how, how do I, like I'm known as the music recording guy. How do I make that pivot? Nobody knows me as a coach teaching business stuff. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to start coaching. And so I, I I started coaching people for free and then I started posting on Facebook, like, Hey, I'm helping people with business coaching. So it's more of like a raising my hand and saying, this is how I'm like, there's something powerful in labels and names both negatively and positively. And so I try to positively label myself as I'm a business coach. This is who I'm helping. And then when I did that and made that like public, I had friends and connections who had businesses who knew me and knew that I had some success. Hey, I would love to be one of your your clients. So then I started working one-on-one and all of that was allowing me to test material, test pricing, get reps, get experience, figure out, you know, their pain points. I mean, you're getting paid to research your target avatar in a way, if you do one-on-one coaching. So I a hundred percent agree. It's a great way to, when you start to take these steps, much like you did with your events, like the next step presents itself and you're doing something publicly and then people see it and then they want to be a part of the next version or they want to hire you and you can't just go from a to z you have to literally go through the alphabet you have to go through all the steps but that's the beauty of it is you can start that journey at any point and you'll see what the next step looks like
1: I love that you're talking about the next step logically appears. I was listening to some Bob Proctor videos this morning on YouTube, and I want to read this to you. He says, the reason most people don't make decisions is due to the fact that they can't see how they're going to get there. So what do they do? They keep doing the things that they can see how they're going to get there. Hmm. And this is why their life never really changes.
0: That makes total sense. It's a, People have a. Would you say? Would you agree with this, Cliff? You know more better than I do. Would you say people have a high, high desire for a high need for certainty in their lives?
1: A lot of people do. It, it, certainty. Well, well, certainty is a need for everyone. So, I, again, for, I'm borrowing from Tony Robbins. He talks about the six human needs, which is certainty, uncertainty, connection/slash love, significance, growth, and contribution. So, certainty is a need for all of us. But I think a question that you're asking in a way that I would vary it is that there are a number of people who get their certainty by knowing what the outcome is in advance. It's being predictability. Although there could be other ways to get certainty where you could be completely okay with the unknown.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure there are people that are completely okay with the unknown. And if you, you do the Enneagram, I feel like a lot of my sevens on the enneagram my friends who are sevens, they're they're just up for the adventure. Let's just go. Let's see what happens. And that's, Can
1: I share with you a very unpopular opinion about personality tests? I love unpopular opinions. They're the most fun. I I hate them. Oh, man. I I think they're terrible. I, Tell me why. Tell me why. D- the reason why is because a personality. The first of all, the whole thing comes from Greek theater, and the the word persona. Persona means nothing more than a mask. So there were these Greek plays and you would have just two actors on a stage interacting and engaging with each other but on the sta- but the play that they would put on would have like 12 different characters and so the actor would hold on a mask a persona for this character and then pull it down and do this character they'd have this mask and so really uh, what happens is if you can imagine all of a sudden somebody did a prank on one of those actors on the stage back in greece uh and they put super glue and the the mask the persona got stuck on their face mm. now they have a personality mm. So, all I'm saying, it, 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 what I'm getting at is I believe, well, first of all, I, I'm just going to throw this out there. Feel free to edit it out if you want. <laughs> I believe that we are all divine spiritual beings having a human experience. And we, when we come here, we, throughout life, begin to identify with a mask that we are putting on. And some of us have multiple personalities, and I'm not, t- not talking about as a disorder, there are some of us who are more open. My my daughter, my youngest daughter, McKenna, uh, she, she is very shy and reserved when she's out in public and and all this other stuff. But man, when she's in the safety of our home with our friends, she's got a completely different personality, a persona. And so there's nothing wrong with having multiple different personas in different places. And the, the, issue that I have is when all of a sudden, I think there are far too many people who take a personality test and it then all of a sudden gives you a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. This is who you, this is who you are. You, this is your identity. And as this person, it means these things for you and you are not good at these things. And all of us, I just feel like that I've learned enough about clinical hypnotherapy and the uh, the power of suggestion that these things become self-fulfilling prophecies. And so all I have to do is I, I have not done an Enneagram test. I don't know what number I am, but I've done a number of other tests, you know, the discs mm-hmm. and and the uh, the Briggs-Myers and all this other stuff. And I've, I've read those and I'm like, I've taken things on those where I said, this is one of your weaknesses. Well, of course, you know, it's one of my weaknesses because the questions you had led me to this and it's currently a weakness. But there are things that I would have answered years ago in that thing. I wouldn't answer that today mm-hmm. because today I've changed my persona. I've taken that mask off. I've grown. I've expanded. I've evolved. I'm a new person all the time. And so I, I my my concern with with personality tests is that people will get a diagnosis and they'll wear it for too long.
0: Yeah, I think that you just nailed it there. I think we probably have personas that that serve us um in certain seasons of life maybe they came out of desperation or a need and and so it was a protective mechanism but you you don't need that mask any more and if you identify with it too tightly then you're you're missing the who's behind the mask versus the mask that you wore to get through a tough season maybe
1: yeah and this is this is why so many people suffer you know it's like listen i'm a husband and or you know i'm a mother and then all of a sudden a, a child done, dies unexpectedly yeah. well who am i now yeah. i'm not you know i i'm a i'm a husband my wife has left me who am i now yeah. i i'm a guy i i've been with the police force for the last 30 years well now i'm retired who am i now yeah you you are none of those things those are all personas those are those are all different roles that you are playing on the stage of life. And and we all have the opportunity to, uh, audition for new roles. Mm,
0: I love that. I love that. I think it's a great, a great, uh, a segue. I know we went, I have so many more questions. We got, we got to wrap this up. Um, uh, but I, I, you, people can hopefully see what what I love about you, Cliff. You you always inspire me and help me to think bigger and and with so much positivity and what's possible. And I just it's infectious, right? You want to be around people that show you what's possible. But I, you, you probably have a lot of ways you could answer this. But one segment we have on the show is called the Golden Rule segment, and you've got kids, so this will be easy for you to apply. But the idea is simple, right? You you. You train up your kids in the way they should go. You teach them everything. You you want to infuse all your advice and wisdom in their life so that their life will be as good as it possibly can. But imagine they forget everything you ever taught them except for one piece of advice or one uh, framework or one thought or idea. What would that idea be that you would like them to remember if they forgot everything else?
1: If they forgot everything else, it would be that you can experience peace, love, joy, happiness, and overwhelming sense of abundance, regardless of any external situation or circumstance.
0: I love that. It's almost a challenge too, because if that's in the back of their mind and they're they're feeling that they don't have those things in in light of this, if they remembered what my dad taught me, then, okay, how could I have peace, love, joy, abundance, even in a circumstance?
1: And that answer is there to everyone. Yeah. If they, if they will ask. I love that.
0: Beautiful. That's a, a perfect golden rule. Well, hey, this has been incredible, uh, Cliff. Where can people connect with you? I know you've gotten a, a, a free training that kind of unpacks some, some of these powerful thought patterns and mindsets to give people a taste of what you do. Where can we send them to dive in more with your, your stuff?
1: I would love to encourage people to go to mindsetanswerman.com slash free. If you go there, you will get the opening keynote address to my free The Dream conference. It's titled all beliefs have consequences and what you'll discover there is what is a belief and quite frankly i was in my 40s before i ever had a working definition of what a belief was prior to that i thought that a belief was just something that's true and it's something that that is ingrained within me and it's and it's a belief and no a, a belief is nothing more than a thought that you have that you feel certain is true there's an emotional attachment to that thought it's not necessarily true. It may be, but yeah. So what is a belief? And, and of course, the thing is, is that we are unconscious. We are not aware of about 90% of the things that we believe. For the first seven years of our lives, we were in this uh, brainwave state where we did not have any conscious critical thinking mind that, that kept out all of the thoughts that were being poured into us. And we just soaked it all in like a sponge. And so many things that people said to us is is just rummaging around. And when we're experiencing a triggering event out there in our, in our world, it triggers inside of us automated responses. We don't even know what's going on. All of a sudden, we're feeling great. We get an email. We read a couple of words, a couple of letters on a screen, and now all of a sudden, there's cortisol coursing through our vein, and we're anxious and worried, and and so our state has changed. And so... If you can understand the power of belief, so you'll learn what a belief is, where did you get your beliefs, how to uh, dis- discern whether the belief is true, how to eliminate beliefs, how to condition new beliefs, and how to create change in your life that will last forever. All of this in one 60-minute video you can get for free over at MindsetAnswerMan.com free
0: i love it so if you've gotten uh, the the bug after this conversation my friend then go go check out cliff's uh uh, keynote here all beliefs have consequences i think it'll really bless you i think it'll get you to think differently and uh, it could literally change your life It, it just takes one one moment in time one pressing question or idea or shift to completely change your life and so i think it has the power to do that uh cliff it's been joy to be able to just have an excuse to talk to you and soak up your wisdom thanks for sharing so generously with my audience and uh, i'm excited for all that god's doing in your world and i can hope we continue to stay connected Uh, i've appreciated all your help over the years and your not only just help but this is one thing i really appreciate about you and i wanted to say this uh, publicly is you've been like a cheerleader for me and you've been so supportive of me and have spoken life over me and have said things that help me be reminded of what you believe in me. And, uh, and it's just been such a a gift. So I wanted to say that. Thank you, uh, publicly here. You've been such a gift to me, my man.
1: Thank you. And likewise, brother, I I really appreciate you. Our friendship. There's no doubt in my mind, our, paths were divinely inspired to cross. And I'm so thankful to do this journey of life with you. a friend like you in my life, though. So thank you. Thanks, Cliff. Appreciate you, brother. Well, I
0: hope you enjoyed that episode with Cliff. I always get so much out of my conversations with him. He always challenges my thinking in a good way, and hopefully he provoked your thinking as well. As he mentioned, make sure to check out the free challenging training that I think will unlock a lot of things for you called All Beliefs Have Consequences that Cliff has put together. It's free, just go to mindsetanswerman.com free. If you're watching on YouTube, we'll link to that resource that he offered below in the description and get a little bit more of a taste of how Cliff coaches and thinks and teaches. I think you're going to get a ton out of it. And of course, pick up the jumpstart guide, my 30 day online income jumpstart guide for free. If you need that kick in the pants to so launch your business or launch that idea in the next month, it's free. Click the link in the description below or go to grahamcochran.com slash jumpstart. Thanks for hanging out with me on today's episode. Have an amazing week. and I'll see you on another episode. Real soon.